The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, November 6th, 2020, Season 16, Episode number 60. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. got Dave Amber and Dave all joining me. Uh, we appreciate you guys taking some time to listen to us in whatever way you listen to us, including the newest way to listen to us, which is on our Alexa app. If you want to do that, just make sure you say Open Dallas Cowboys and play Cowboys Break, and you'll get our latest episode. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. We're going to jump in and, and talk about some injury updates, talk about the matchup between the Cowboys and the Steelers, and we are going to spend quite a bit of time today taking questions from, from fans. I know Amber has some stuff already lined up. If you have some questions that you'd like to send now, you can always tweet Amber as well. I think it is Amber Garcia TV is how you tweet her, and you can get your questions to her, and we'll try to answer as many questions as we can in the final two segments of the show. All right, so let's jump in. Let's get some updates on some injuries. Yesterday, I asked you guys about Ezekiel Elliott and Alden Smith. Uh, they were limited on Wednesday. Yesterday, they were limited again. So catch us up to date on the status of particularly first Zeke and, and where he is in his uh, trek to being able to play Sunday. Nick. Sounds like he uh, is expected to play. Uh, he's been limited a little bit, but uh, from everybody that is talking about it, it doesn't sound like it's the worst of hamstring injuries, and I think that he, he should be able to play. I mean, now how limited he will be in the game, maybe they rotate more, maybe they get, you know, I mean, to, to have him play Wildcat and do all that stuff, I mean, I wonder if that's going to kind of limit him a little bit, but it sounds like he's going to be ready. Dave, are you at all concerned with the fact that he has been out and it's a hamstring injury for a guy that plays the running back position? Just want to say hi to Nick real quick, just because you glazed over him at the top of the I'm show. Here. I'm hi, here. Hi, Nick. Hi. Good to see you on this lovely Friday. I glazed over him. I'm here. I do? It's Sorry. okay. It's not a big deal. What I do? Just it's okay. We're just, here. Did I not say your name? You didn't. It's all right. You said I'm here. No, with you Dave, didn't. But Amber that's okay. <laughs> I thought I said Nick. I'm sorry. That's all right. My man. It's, it's okay. It's I'm sorry. Party. I could have just let I'm it sorry. go, but that wouldn't be me. No, it wouldn't be you. Um, Thanks, Dave. I thought I heard that right. I, I looked at Dave. Dave was kind of like, what? And I was like, whatever. You were rolling, you know, episode 57 I'm, or whatever. I'm so sorry. I was doing that for Chris. I, not the worst uh, yeah. Chris, our producer. It's not so. the worst slide against me today. So <laughs> that's fine. I'm, I'm fine. Ooh. I don't um, even know what he's talking yeah, about. Yeah, I'm a little worried. <laughs> Anytime I'm trying to drive us back onto the road, like I took us off the yeah. road, and now I'm like, okay, Thanks. we should probably Thanks. get back on the road. Uh, yeah, anytime uh, somebody, you know, the word run is in his name, so if he's got a hamstring, that's not great. Um, I think I think he'll play. Maybe they limit him. Maybe we get to see some Rico Dowdle. That's, I mean, I hate to be a, I hate to be a pessimist or a hater, but... If this game goes the way most of us think it's going to go, you know, Zeke probably doesn't have any business being in there in the second half anyway. So maybe they can use that <laughs> wow, as a way to limit him half. and keep him fresh. Amber. Well, or at least the fourth quarter. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey, Amber, how uh, how confident would you be 
uh, in Tony Pollard if he needed to carry the full load for an entire game? With everything you've seen of him, I guess, to this point in his career. Well, this year is just kind of just uh, on the fence right there. I don't quite know how I feel about him at this point. I was really excited for him this year based on what I saw from him last year. But then this year is just like hit or miss. Sometimes he has some really good runs and then some other times he just doesn't. So I think that um, maybe this is an opportunity. And I, this is hard to say because Yes, you still have to play a football game. Yes, you still have to act like you're trying to win this game when you go out there on the field. But at the same time, it's like you, you got to make sure you protect your, your starter. You don't want anything to happen, any, like make the injury worse for Ezekiel Elliott. So I would think that we get to see more Tony Pollard on this game, in this game. And it's just... It's, it's tough because he, he just doesn't have a good setup with the O-line right now, so it doesn't help him. But I think he's a guy that, that has talent and the ability to make runs and, and make it happen, but it's just, in general, it's just not a good scenario for him. Nick? I mean, I'm looking at the stats, and I mean, there's nothing to suggest that, that Pollard will be better than Zeke. I mean, he does seem quicker to the hole, but... They're both averaging 3.9 yards exactly. They're you know receiving. They're averaging six point Zeke 6.5 and Pollard 6.4. A lot less you know a, a lot less um, touches for for Pollard. But mm-hmm. I mean just saying you don't. There's nothing to suggest that that he is going to be better. Um, you know he, he does, his longest rush is you know 14 yards or something like that. And I mean so it's not like he's done a whole lot with it. I mean they did have a big kickoff return that that was a nice play and the one nice play in Washington but I mean I I think he'll provide that they need each other not just one or the other so I I I think it would be worse because who's if Pollard is the guy then who's who's Pollard yeah you know Mm -hmm. it's like that old thing about Jordan and Pippen I mean you know if Pippen becomes Jordan, Pippen never had a Jordan you know Pippen never had a Pippen you know I mean that kind of stuff you got to have a second guy I don't know maybe Rico's the guy yeah Dave what do you think I was, yeah, Rico, let's see him. Um, We've been saying that no, for I mean, six years, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> ha, you're, you're right. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel fine if Tony, if I mean, if if Tony would have to play the whole game, I feel fine that he would do okay. I don't think that he would be better than the best that we've seen from Zeke. I think. All things being equal, he's probably go, capable of going out there and carrying the ball 20 times for up to 100 yards, assuming the game doesn't get away from him. Uh, but I still, you know, I think Zeke will have a role. I think if I had to guess today, I think Zeke still finishes with more carries than Tony. But like I said, maybe this is an opportunity for Rico Dowdle to get some, some actual playing time. What do we know about Alden Smith at this point? He also was limited yesterday. Sounds like he's expected to play as well. I mean, you know, both these guys, Zeke and Alden Smith, talked on their conference calls, you know, this week. Um, Doesn't sound like players that aren't going to play in the game. Yeah. But, again, maybe limited a little bit. Cheeto. What's going on with Cheeto? Both of these things – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, you take the Cheeto. Well, both of the other two guys just seem like load management things to me. Just like reading all the tea leaves, yeah, like the fact that both guys were available for their interview, the fact that Jerry Jones said he thinks they'll both play on the radio today, 
that just it feels like precaution more than actual injuries. Whereas Cheeto, Mike McCarthy's yesterday, Mike McCarthy was like, today will be the big day. And then we asked him again today, and he was like, Saturday will be the big day. And I'm just like, all right, we're not going to see Cheeto. Yeah. We're not going to see Cheeto. <laughs> it yeah. did not sound good. I mean, when, when he was asked in the press conference, his response was kind of like, well, we waited to see how he reacted at practice, and then we evaluated him. But the way that he said we reevaluated him just made it sound not as optimistic as to having him play this weekend. Yeah, I think the sad uh, Which, the same. okay. Go ahead, Dave. I, I'm sorry. I just – I wrote about the secondary earlier this week, and – you know, Nick's been calling it the hamstring from hell, and I'm like, yeah, I guess so. I'm sitting here thinking Cheeto's been out since maybe week four. No, I was wrong. Cheeto's been out since week two, mm-hmm. and it's week nine now. So, yeah, this is a this is a hell of Nasty a hamstring him. issue, I guess. Contract. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, you, well, Coffin. if you're saying contract, which I think that's what I heard, like you would think that would kind of – Move things along, but again, maybe if he doesn't think he can play, if he doesn't think he can play well with a hamstring, then Jason I don't, I don't Hatcher, blame him. Jason Hatcher threw it out there, yeah. you know, what ten years ago, five years ago. I mean, I'm putting bad tape of myself out yeah. here, and you know, and, it, and and there's a reason for that. I mean, like, it's not think about it. If he goes out and plays in a game and, and gives up the touchdown or two touchdowns, I mean, then it's like let's rank the free agents this year, <laughs> and then all right. of a sudden yeah. there's a play like that. I mean. It's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, like, that's what these guys are, are, especially guys that are going for their second contract. This is it for them. This yeah. is the biggest contract they're ever well, going to have. He has a takeaway. He has, he has a takeaway on film. You're talking about film and putting out there. He has an interception before he went out with the injury. So at least he has that. Yeah, but if he goes out there and gets dusted by Juju a couple times because he's not at 100%, Nobody's gonna care that he had a pick two months ago. Boy, yeah. he's got a bad hamstring. I, I, yeah. It's just the but, but I know all the injuries are different. But it's just it's it's funny how Zeke is like. Well, he's got a hamstring injury and he's probably gonna play in this game. And I, I get it. It's not torn yeah, or it's whatever. Not the same thing. Different yeah. different thing. But eight weeks for for a hamstring or, or seven or eight because think about it if he didn't play this game which doesn't sound like he will you know that they got the bye week next week so they're like all right let's come back and then maybe he'll play at the end i mean but it just it kind of seems like a for who for what situation right now hmm. okay um here's what we're going to do we're going to go ahead and take an early break uh when we come back i want to talk about the cowboys versus the steelers i have some questions i'm going to line up for you guys the biggest of which is who's going to start at quarterback and does the person that started quarterback, do you think they'll actually end the game at quarterback? We'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys, 
and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Don't miss your chance to get tickets to see the Cowboys at AT AT&T Stadium this season. There's home matchups after Pittsburgh. we still got one against Washington, San Francisco, and Philadelphia. A limited number of tickets are on sale now. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Welcome back to the break. We're in the second segment. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're going to talk Cowboys versus Steelers. That happens this Sunday. 3.30 3.30 at AT&T Stadium. Uh, let's start first with the question that I think everybody's trying to figure out, and I'm not sure you guys have the answer, but I still will ask the question, who starts at quarterback for the Cowboys? And do you think the person that starts ends up finishing the game? Let's start first with you, Amber. I think it's uh, uh, it's going to end up being Cooper Rush. I kind of hesitate after hearing what Mike, uh, Mike McCarthy said, his comments, and just stating that for some reason he thinks Gary Gilbert has a little bit more experience based on the fact that he's been a couple of weeks more here than Cooper Rush. But I think that maybe once they get into conversations between him and Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore maybe voices his opinion on the fact that he has known Cooper Rush for a longer amount of time and maybe that helps in just the communication and getting them on the same page. But I do think that if the Cowboys are losing pretty badly, I do think that w- there is a chance for us to get to see both quarterbacks in the game. And, because at that point, why not? Why not get a chance to see who could be a better backup to Andy Dalton once he gets back? Dave. You know, I, I think I've said Cooper Rush five or ten times already this week, but I do have to acknowledge, like, again, you just sort of get some vibes listening to McCarthy and talking to people that – Maybe they like Garrett Gilbert a lot more than I thought they did. So I would start Cooper Rush, but I'm not going to be surprised if it's Gilbert. Having said that, I'm I'm with AG. I think it's kind of a moot point. Like, you know, uh, David Moore from the Dallas Morning News made a joke this morning about how Tom Landry rotated quarterbacks like every snap or every series. I'm not saying you need to do that, but maybe give each of these guys a quarter or, you know, give give the backup guy the third or something i mean i think there's nothing wrong with acknowledging the situation that you're in and just saying like yeah let's give each of these guys a fair opportunity to show i know like you 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 should try to win every game you play to win the game like herm edwards said but i don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging that you are in very dire circumstances and you can change up the way you do things because of that yeah i'm i would go with cooper rush uh, I think 
It sounds like Dave said it. It sounds like it could be Gilbert. But then again, you know, McCarthy doesn't want to tip his hand at anything yeah. uh, because you know, that's worked uh, this year. But <laughs> don't get me. Started. It hasn't worked, but that's okay. I don't. I I really don't think the Steelers. I don't think. I don't think T.J. Watt or Bud Dupree is going to be like what. Who's that? I'm like, cool. you see, you, you're looking into the, the the Pittsburgh practice facility right now, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, which one's it going to be? I don't know which one's going to be." Like they're really wringing their hands over this one, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think a better question would be, and I don't know who finishes. I mean, I, I agree, they they all should should play. If it's this close, then it's not going to take much to sway your opinion. But if there's a way to do it, I think I would probably make all three quarterbacks active, including mm. Danucci. Uh, why not? Why not him? I mean, in the second half, if he gets out of hand, you know, Dave said something earlier too. I want to bring up. He said if the game, like Pollard, if the game gets out of hand, I don't think it will get out of hand to run the ball. If it's twenty-one to nothing, like Atlanta up twenty-one nothing, hey, let's go get back mm-hmm. in the game. Pittsburgh up twenty-one nothing, you're like, <laughs> run the ball. Yeah, but you know, NFL coaches, they're never con- they're never going to concede. I mean, I, did you watch that game last night? That game was over before it started. And end of the game, they're still trying to get down there and score that last touchdown, which hurts me in fantasy. But still, they're trying to get down there and score that touchdown. So I just think that's yeah. the NFL coaches. They're going to keep pressing, like, and they're going to if they're behind, they're going to be throwing the ball because they're trying to get back in, even though they know they not, they won't get back in. It's an opportunity to test those guys under those kind of circumstances, right? Uh, maybe, but he's not going to get. He don't want to get beat by Pittsburgh fifty to three. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think I think you still run your offense. You sl- I think what Bucky said. You slow it down, slow the game as much as you can, and you know see what happens. But I would play all three quarterbacks. I mean, I, I'd, I'd make them all active. I will say this: I don't. I don't really honestly care who starts, but I do think if you're down a significant amount at halftime, I think you make a switch. Like I think that's a to me, it's a no brainer. Halftime. Yeah, because I, I think second quarter. No, I, I I think I go through the first half and I see where we are. And if the guy's on a bit of a roll, by the way, he may be down, but he may be playing okay. Then I still stick with him and I keep seeing, okay, can he dig his way out? Give him a chance to yeah. see if he can dig his way out of the hole, right? Um, but if it's just a blowout by halftime, if it's just the offense not moving, there's nothing going on. Then why not throw the other guy in there and just see what he can do? He might not be able to dig out of the hole either, but he might show you something that makes you say, "Huh, not bad." Right? Maybe he's a guy that we can continue to kind of keep developing a little bit here. And uh, if there's other opportunities to play him later in the season, then we continue on that track and 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 we'll maybe get him some more opportunities. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the next question. I got an over under question for you guys. Uh, Pittsburgh five sacks over or under, Dave. Uh, I mean, it's easy to joke about that. I feel in that situation, it's always smart to take the under. Like it's very rare to see an NFL team get more than five or six sacks of the game. I know it happens. I mean, we've seen it happen to the Cowboys, but way more often than not, no. And and the Cowboys will game plan for ways to get the ball out of their guys' hands or just to run the ball to protect the quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, like. I could see four, four and a half, but if you're telling me over, under five, I'll go under. Yeah, and that, just to be clear, it was not meant necessarily to be a joke. You look at what they did last week. They gave up four sacks last week, and in my opinion, they're facing a tougher pass rush against the Steelers than what they faced last last week against the Eagles. So, to me, that five number is a legitimate number, and it certainly isn't a joke for whoever's going to be back there, quarterback, because they're going to have to deal with that. But, Nick, what do you think, over, (laughs) under? Uh, Probably uh, under. Uh, I think they'll try to get the ball out quick. Um, like Dave said, if if you would have said if you would have said four and a half, 
you know that, that and you thinking about it yeah maybe but um, or four you said four i mean but i i think i think it'll be it'll be close to that well that makes it so much better does it does it makes a difference right, ag right it makes there. an absolute difference yeah it does and you're still four and a half five big deal same thing you're getting pressure you're well, getting dropped to the well, ground you're just ignoring the whole concept of over under like yeah i mean like we all agree that they're gonna get sacked in this game but five is a lot by it NFL is. standards. It's a lot. That's all I'm saying. You know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll put five on my name. I'll put five on there. I'll say this is going to be one of those games. They're going to get pressure. And the thing is, it a lot of those plays might not necessarily count as a sack because maybe the quarterback just gets rid of the, uh, of the ball quicker, but he's still going to get hit and pressure constantly. I just don't trust our offensive line, unfortunately. And I am scared of what the Steelers have uh, over there. So, yes, uh, I'll go ahead and take five sacks. It's not going to be a pretty game. I'm with you, AG. I, I think this is going to be – I think that really the, the toughest part of this matchup for the Cowboys is going to be the fact that not only do the Steelers have good rushers, but as Bucky was saying earlier in the week, they blitz a lot. And you never know who those five guys are that are coming. Because they play that 3-4 defense, it can be a different five all the time. Like they're sending different guys. And what happened in that, in that Arizona game? Similar thing when you got guys coming from different points. That's a problem for the Cowboys, and you've got a much higher grade pass rusher with Steeler, with the Steelers and a much higher grade secondary with the Steelers than you have with Arizona. So I think that's going to be a huge challenge for this Cowboys offensive line. Let's move on to the next question. How much does the fact that Pittsburgh's offense is a quick passing attack help the Dallas defense, if at all? Now, What, I, what I'm getting at there is Dallas has had a lot of problems with the deep ball. It doesn't seem like that's what Pittsburgh does regularly. Now, maybe this is a week when they find that mm-hmm. part of their offense, but that isn't something they do regularly. Does that help the Cowboys' defense? Let's start with you, Nick. I don't know if the Cowboys' secondary will tackle that well. I mean, that's where it's going to come down to. Mm-hmm. The reason why they do that is because they get it blocked, and they also you know, have playmakers that are going to break tackles. And that's where I think you know, the Cowboys have had some issues where they're not making tackles in the open field like that. So, you know, it, Pittsburgh's going to do whatever they can score points. I think it was what Bucky was saying uh, last week, or I mean or a couple days ago about Ben doesn't take as many shots down the field. It's not the same as it, as it was in the past, but they're still effective this way. So um, I, I think it helps a little bit, but if the Cowboys aren't going to tackle, they're going to have those games where, where they're not out there making plays to stop them, then you know, it could be just as ugly. Yeah. Amber? This question is a little confusing to me, but if I'm trying to make sense of it, I mean, I would say it would help them if we get the type of defense that we saw last weekend, but that most likely is not going to happen because you got a very different offense and a very different quarterback. So I would say I agree with what Nick said. I don't think it necessarily helps them much, if anything at all, but... The defense is just it. it I I don't have I, I don't have an answer. I don't trust this defense to do anything either. So I don't know. Dave, well said on Amber's part. I I mean, halfway through the season, how could I possibly be expected to say like the Dallas secondary has an advantage? I mean, I know. Carson Wentz struggled against them, but Carson Wentz has struggled in a lot of games. I put that more on him than the Dallas secondary suddenly being great. 
Uh, Kyle Allen lit them up the week before that. Maybe it won't look as ugly as it has at times, but Hall of Fame quarterback, and, I mean, that's a nice receiving core. Maybe not as good as it has been at times during the Steelers' run, but Chase Claypool's 6'4". Juju's obviously great. Deontay. Um, and, then, you know, James Washington's a deep ball guy, too, yeah. even though he hasn't had a huge role, so... No, I don't. I don't like that. I don't like this matchup at all. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say this: it's not to me. I, I agree with you. I, I think this is this is a challenging matchup for the Cowboys. Pretty much as every week is going to be for the Cowboys. Uh, but from the from the standpoint of the fact that uh, if if they are not a team that really takes those deep shots often, I don't know that I've seen the biggest problem with the Cowboys secondary being them tackling. I think the biggest issue has been. They let guys get loose, and before you know it, there's a 40-yard touchdown or 50-yard touchdown or whatever it is, right? They they just don't seem to be able to always be on the same page with whatever's going on downfield. And I think that's the part where if there's a team you're running up against that doesn't really do that a lot, I think it can be an advantage. And I shouldn't even say an advantage. It could help the Cowboys because you don't do to them. It's kind of like what we talked about last week with the running game. Like We were like, why didn't they keep running the ball? Well, that helped Dallas. They didn't keep running the ball, right? Because that's just not what they wanted to do. They wanted to keep giving Wentz an opportunity to throw the ball, and that helped Dallas. So I, I do think there can be a little bit of that that might happen this weekend where if they're not willing to take those shots downfield, not to say they won't be there, but if they're not willing to take them, then I think that does help Dallas a little bit. And I think it can help Dallas. Again, if they can tackle well, then I think it can help them maybe in this game a little bit uh, and to, to keep them away from what's really – hurt them in the past few weeks. All right, let's move on to the next question. Has Dallas corrected some of its rushing defensive problems, or do you expect James Conner to have a good day? Let's start with you, Dave. No. I, I mean, like, I just – show show me. Show – you know, they played great. They played great last week. I tend to think of it more as an aberration until I see more. And, I, you know, we talked more when we were reviewing the Philly game. I think – the success against the run was a lot more about Philly being reluctant to do it than Dallas suddenly buckling down. So, um, you know, they should have this new defensive tackle, Anku, who can maybe help them anchor down Neville Gallimore, continue getting reps. But until I see them do it, I absolutely do not trust them to shut down anybody's rushing attack, especially, you know, somebody this again, maybe the Steelers offensive line isn't what it used to be, but it's still very good. And James Conner is a good back. So that, no, I don't like that at all. They've given up more with less uh, to less, right? Amber, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the only thing I have to add to what Dave said is that I think that the Steelers defense is going to be able to get the Cowboys offense off the field a lot. So, I just feel like the Cowboys defense is going to be pretty tired in that game, and that's going to hurt them once they try to stop, whether that's the passing game or the run. It's just they're going to be physically tired in this game. So uh, th- that's going to be a problem in that aspect. So, yeah, I don't I don't think they're going to be able to stop the run. That's a good point. No, I, I don't think that – Offense is going to be able to do much. So, yeah, they're going to be on the field 35 minutes plus in that game. And, and I think they'd have a hard time stopping the run in the first quarter. You know, So I, I just think you said James Conner is going to have a good day. I think he could have a really good day. So if you were playing fantasy, you're playing him. He's I would. on your team. You're playing him. I would. You're not even thinking twice about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got the quarterback over there. And I don't think, I got he's, the gonna, I don't think he's going to do it much because I think they'll run the ball a lot. Yeah. I really do. I think that, you know, they, they'll, um, 
you know, this is one of those games. I mean, I know it's just doom and gloom, but it, it just is. It's just this team, they just don't have the firepower on offense to compete with that Steeler defense. And then on defense, they don't have it to compete with Pittsburgh's offense. But that's the crazy part about this, and we all know because we've been watching the NFL for a long time. It's these kind of situations that often create these weird moments in the NFL when everybody is convinced of one thing. I'm the and king I don't of even that, know man. I don't even know a scenario where that would actually work out like that this this week. Like there's no reason at all to believe the Cowboys will be better offensively, defensively, no. or special teams. There's no reason to believe that. They've given you no reason to believe that. It's just weird because you look Dallas? at this. I ain't picking Dallas. <laughs> but the, okay. the point is, the point is, it's just weird because we've seen this happen in the NFL. And again, Pittsburgh, they would go to eight zero. I don't think Pittsburgh has been eight zero. I want to say I heard a statistic like they haven't been eight zero, maybe in their franchise history. Um, but but again, you're talking about these just these. These weird moments that sometimes happen in the NFL, I think if it happens, it would happen because of what Dave said earlier in the week. Dallas comes in with this completely different game plan where basically they're like, we're doing Wildcat the whole day, and they somehow take Pittsburgh off guard, and and they catch him doing some stuff that that they're not really prepared for. That would be the only case scenario, but I just don't even see that really working against a team this good. All right, we're going to take our final I will say – Go ahead, Dave. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dave. I I mean – yeah, any given Sunday, anything can happen. Like you can never completely rule that out. But it, like when when the deck is this stacked, I mean, we saw it last night. I watched that game. Yeah. The Forty ers are decimated. They don't have any of their good players. And what? Green Bay went in there and rolled over them. I think it was thirty-one to three. And then Green Bay let off the throttle, and San Francisco got some mercy points. So <laughs> when the deck when the deck is this stacked. I just don't know what what all you can expect to do. It doesn't mean that the Cowboys can't win, but forgive me if I'm not really entertaining it as a legitimate yeah. possibility. There's no logical reason to believe that they will win. All right, we're going to take our final break. When we no. come back, we're going to get some questions from you guys. Again, you can email. I mean, I'm sorry, you can uh, tweet Amber at Amber Garcia TV. Uh, she'll get your tweets there. But we'll also have some other questions that she's worked up. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like, where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day, where we are all defined by one single thing, the star, where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. 
Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. If you're looking for something to change up your dinner routine, you can help support local Frisco businesses by choosing one of the Star District restaurants. For more information on delivery, takeout, curbside pickup, and dine-in availability, visit thestardistrict.com. Absolutely. We are in our final segment of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios. I got Dave and Amber with me, and uh, we're going to jump into some questions here. Uh, Amber, what you got out there? I still have a lot of questions about the tackle position, but specifically about Tyron Smith future. What do you guys, and I know this is kind of hard to tell us right now, but what do you guys expect uh, here to happen with just him and his time here with the Cowboys? Uh, I would imagine. Uh, I'll th- Go ahead, Dave. Go ahead, Nick. Sorry. I bet he's coming back. <laughs> I bet he comes back next year. Go, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I... At the risk of sounding like a crazy optimist, like I'm, I'm not very worried about Tyron Smith to be honest with you. Like, I think a lot of the problems that have plagued Tyron Smith over the last three or four years stem from him trying to gut through it. Like he hasn't had this surgery that shut him down because he's like he's a warrior. He's like I'm good to go. I can fight through this, and he'll miss some games, uh, and the problem never really goes away. But he fights through it, and so give him a whole year to have the surgery and really get himself right. Not saying he's going to play 16 games a year for the next five years, but I think this will help him finish his contract. And, um, you know, the Cowboys, obviously you can't take that at face value. They need to address their depth at offensive tackle, but I don't think Tyron's going anywhere. I think he'll be starting for this team for the next couple years, at least. Yeah, How I much think longer is what? he under contract? How much longer uh, is it under contract? Do you guys know? Uh, I want to say three seasons. Hey, hang on, I'll look it up. I will say this while Dave is It's either three it or four more seasons. While Dave is looking it up, I'll say this. I, I disagree with you guys a bit. I think he'll be back. I don't think there's any reason for the Cowboys to say, oh, let's get rid of him. I do think the Cowboys, if they go into next season relying on the fact that, that both their tackles are going to be healthy and healthy for 16 games, that's a mistake. So that means they need to, I think, invest some resources into that because right now, I don't think I've seen a single guy that they've rolled out there to play tackle at this point other than their guard, who they don't want to put at tackle, actually do it well. So I think this offseason, whether that means they got to go out and invest something in in free agency, whether that means they got to invest a mid-round pick, or whether that means that they take one of the guys that maybe are playing guard and really invest working them at tackle – I think they got to address that position, and I think they got to address it in a in a significant way because they can't trust that both these guys coming off injury and with the injury history of Tyron, they can't trust the fact that that they're going to have those guys for sixteen games. I think they can make the argument they did that last year though, when by getting Cam Irving, yeah, wasn't great though, and that's what I'm saying. If you're going to go out and do it in free agency, you better get a better quality guy than than Cam Irving. I mean, he can't. He well, what is let's that, remember though? he got. He actually, they made a decision that he was worse than Terrence Steele. This coaching staff made the decision he was worse than, than Terrence Steele. 
if they're accurate in their I'm assessment. Not, I'm not sure that Ty- Terrence Steele doesn't beat out Lyle Collins for the starting job. I'm not sure. He hasn't beat out, he hasn't lost his, uh, the job to anyone since he's been here. Regardless of how poor he has played, he continues to be the right tackle of this team. Yeah, but you're saying that tongue in cheek. Obviously, I mean that's there's no way he was beating out Lyle, but the point is I think it speaks more about Cam Irving personally. I I don't think Cam Irving. I think this coaching staff looked at Cam Irving and said he's not a very good tackle. They played him when they had to, when they absolutely had to. I thought he's he's played pretty well. It's hard to do that though. It's hard to get a guy and pay him to be a backup. I mean, you see it even at quarterback. Andy Dalton has to make that decision. Yes, I'm going to be a backup there. So. Uh, I think you have to draft someone. Second maybe. round, third round, draft someone and hope that you know you can develop them or move Connor Williams out there. Exactly. And maybe that's the answer. Maybe you give Connor more time working at that. Maybe it doesn't mean he moves there initially. Maybe he's still your starting left guard, but you start working him there and seeing if maybe he oh. has the ability to slide out to it. Man, you think about that, Dave. Connor Williams, say that next year they moved him to tackle. This would be his fourth year next year, right? Contract. Contract, yeah. and all of a sudden you're that a swing suck. tackle. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, that would that'd be terrible yeah. for well, him. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, you're right because Maybe it wouldn't it would. be a starting situation. But I mean, that they did that for Lyle, and it helped him. Yeah. You know, Lyle was playing guard, and they moved him, and he's. I mean, you know, he's happy about the way that worked but, but out. But they moved um, him to be Tyron, a starter. They, they, they didn't move him to be right. A no, I yeah. I know, I know. Yes. Connor, I would think, would be livid if he gets moved out of the starting lineup in his contract year. That would not – I can't imagine that would make him happy. Uh, Tyron is under contract for three more years. I will go on the record and say I think he finishes his deal. But, I, yeah, I said that too. I mean, they need to invest in, in a good backup, whether preferably in the draft, honestly, because, yeah, yeah. Finding, finding a starter-caliber tackle in free agency to not start is – that's going to be tricky. So – Use a draft pick. Well, speaking of free agency, and this is tough again because there are other factors like Dak Prescott uh, contract and all that, but do you guys think that the Cowboys maybe learned a lesson this year by sh- uh, shopping for bargains and all that during free agency and maybe they kind of start handling free agency a little bit different this upcoming year? I doubt it. Nope. They I, I mean, they they haven't really hit on a free agent investment in the time that I've covered the team. And I don't, you know, you you get it like a pleasant surprise, like a Jeremy Mincy. That's not what I'm talking about. Like they haven't they haven't really spent big money on a guy. And on the rare occasion that they've spent medium money, it hasn't really worked out. Um, and with what they've got to figure out with Dak and some of the other pieces, I have a hard time believing that they're going to do it next year either. Yeah. I don't think they necessarily okay. try to bargain shop as much. I mean, they, they are trying to get bargains, but I think it stems from the fact that they, they're they going to – I mean, they have the highest quarterback in the, I mean, in the NFL right now, highest paid quarterback right per year, $31 million. I mean, I think – I mean, I know there's guys that are supposed to be making more, but I mean, he's making 31 million. That's one of the top. Zeke's one of the top running backs. Mari's one of the top receivers. The left guard or right guard, left tackle, left defensive end. So when you do all that, you just don't have money for it. Yeah, and I'll complicate that even more. This next year, the salary cap is going to go down, guys. It's yeah. going to go down, and because of COVID, it's going to go down. And because of that, I don't think that they'll have the money to be able to to go out and just spend 
you know, in free agency and just completely change the way that they look at free agency in a year when their salary cap is actually down. That would have to be in a year where your salary cap is up and you're like, all right, we got a little extra money. Let's play around a little bit more than we normally would. I think this year they're going to be as frugal as they possibly can because of the fact that they do still have to sign Dak, which might actually end up being a, a savings for them. But they have all these other guys with these big contracts. Yeah. I don't think this is going to be the year they're going to change up their strategy. Uh, even if they wanted to change up their strategy, I don't think financially this is the year to do that. Well, and we know that the Cowboys love drafting people, and that's the, the preferred route when it comes to player acquisition. So here's the next question. Let's go around the room and just talk about because everyone wants to talk about draft already so mm-hmm. who what would be the the position your biggest position of need right now when you look at drafting a player mm-hmm. uh, i'll start I, I think that when you look at where they are projected to pick like i i am i'm just getting the best defensive player on the board And it really doesn't matter. And if that's vague, that's fine. That's how bad the defense is. Mm -hmm. Because if he is a catalytic linebacker, I'm I'm for it. If he is a badass cornerback, definitely. If he's a pass rusher, okay. And if he is a run-stuffing defensive tackle that just like controls the middle, bring it. So whoever the best defensive player is, defense is so bad, I am for that. See, I, I, don't, I, I don't completely agree. I actually, I was talking about that on Twitter the other day. Is I think you just got to look at positional value here. And I, I don't want to mention any specific players because I haven't done, I haven't started researching this draft class more than it. just watching college football. I, we'll get to that. Don't worry. But <laughs> so I, I don't want to, I don't want to throw any specific players under the bus. But this defense is so far away from being top notch, like an off ball linebacker. I don't know if I can justify that with a top 10 pick or, or a, a defensive tackle who doesn't rush the passer. I hate to sound like Stephen Jones because we know they hate one techniques, but like if I've got a pick in the top 10, I need a little bit more bang for my buck, which is why, you know, and I don't even know the names of any of these players, but I'm hoping like hell that like a very, very top tier defensive back is available. Either a cornerback that can completely take away half of the field or one of these safeties we've been dying for for years, like a Derwin James who can play six positions. Like, that is my pipe dream if I'm picking in the top ten, is a defensive back who can help me just completely revamp the secondary. I'm completely with you, Dave. I I love your point, Nick, because if there is, I will say this, if there is a dynamic type player at linebacker, a type player that's all over the field and can do a lot of different things, then that's the guy I, I I would be okay with spending that high pick. The likelihood you got that guy sitting in the top 10, probably not great. But if you got one of those top-notch cornerbacks, you know, the, the kind of guys that, like an Akuda that came out, was it Akuda that came mm-hmm. out of Ohio State? That kind of cornerback that I feel like he's going to come in and he's going to be an immediate impact player. And now I'm going to pair him up with this other corner I got in the second round last year mm-hmm. that I think now can give me a really good tandem. I, I'm going for that. Like, that's my, my preference. If I can get that cornerback, that's a great cornerback. I think that'll help everything all the way around. I think he helps more than just the cornerback position. I think he helps the safety. He helps the pass rush. I, I, that's where I go if I have a, a choice. Yeah, and the quarterbacks will factor into this if the Cowboys are drafting that high. Right. 
always look at the quarterback situation. Not so much so that the Cowboys will do it. Maybe they will. That's a that's a discussion for another time. But the times the Cowboys have traded that first-round pick in the past, it's because someone else wanted a quarterback. They wanted a Brady Quinn or whatever. The Cowboys have traded. I'm not saying they traded. There are three guys this year, right? Dave, have you – Nick, have you guys – At least Georgia and – I mean, I mean, sorry, at least Ohio State and, and – uh, Clemson. Clemson. Yeah, we know those two. Maybe BYU. But isn't there a third one? I thought there was a third one that's kind of being talked about. BYU. Maybe. Yes. No, the the North Dakota State oh, kid yeah. and the BYU kid are both going to be first-round picks. And um, Kyle Trask out of Florida, I think, has a chance, too. Okay. Um, I, I just think so, that – So, you know, I mean, maybe as many as five. Yeah, and look at Jerry of, like, using that to maybe trade back if you needed to or yeah. whatever. I find uh, Derek's answer pretty amusing because I thought, if I remember correctly, that all we needed was some really good pass rush, didn't we? Yeah. And they didn't get now it. Now you're over here talking no, and they about didn't get secondary it. And, guys. And they didn't get it. Did you? Or do you think this is a really good pass rush? <sighs> Absolutely not. Okay, that's my point. They didn't I'm, get I'm it. I'm just saying, like maybe, maybe, they didn't get it. maybe I would have expected you talking about maybe reinforcing the pass rush rather than talking Look, about now they the both secondary. play off each other they both play off each other so you got to give me one of them that's really good if i have a really good secondary then i can afford to have pass rush that's not as good because they're going to be helped by the secondary or if i have a really good pass rush then my secondary will be helped a little bit it's kind of an either or but when you're getting neither like they got this year this is what you get as a result a really bad defense no, I agree. I just wanted to give you some crap on some previous comments <laughs> that you've said in the past. It it's all, all good. still works it's out. It's all good. Do we have time for one more? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let, no. Oh, I'm sorry. No, we got to do picks. We got to do picks. Let's go ahead and oh, jump into picks it. real quick. All right. Uh, now, not that not that we are having any suspense here with our picks, but at least we can get some some suspense with the scores. Amber, let's start with you. How do you go on this pick, Cowboys versus Steelers? I'll do it pretty simple. Cowboys lose, and the Steelers, they end up scoring at least, like, 35 points. Cowboys somehow get lucky and score for some reason. I keep seeing number 13 in my head, so I'm just going to go with that. So, 35-13. Hmm. Okay. Nick? 31-12, Pittsburgh. Mm, I don't you, you, that that field goal, you're gonna stick with that yeah, field goal. I, 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 gave I heard you this morning. You were kind of waffling yeah, a little 28, bit, 28 12, or 31. But just just see, why holding Pittsburgh under 30? Like I don't see that. Yeah. 31, 31 to 12. They fail to cover the spread for the ninth consecutive week, which I think is it's a, a record. record. Yeah, it's unbelievable. All right, Dave. Mm. Uh, you know, I, it sounds weird to say, but I think the effort's going to be there again. Like, I think they're going to be scrappy again, but the problem is what kept them in the Philly game was Carson Wentz turning the ball over. Roethlisberger has been amazing at not doing that. He's actually only thrown an interception in two of his seven games. Uh, so five times he's gone out there and protected the ball very, very well. I don't see them taking advantage of him. So I think they'll scrap, but I think Pittsburgh pulls away pretty easily. I got 34 to 10, and I think I think the Cowboys do score a touchdown, but it's like in the last five minutes when nobody's really paying attention. All right. Um, I think that uh, this game is going to be one where I agree. I think the defense will be scrappy early. <laughs> I think that there will come a point, though, when the bow will break, 
and I think Philly. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Pittsburgh ends up scoring points uh, much much more than 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 what they did last week. I do think though, I, I look at the Cowboys' offense. If they could only get nine last week, then my thought is this week it's going to be less than that. I just don't see them being able. To, I think the the biggest problem this week is just going to be offensively they just can't match up or at least anything we've seen so far doesn't suggest that they have a good matchup here against the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So I actually think it's going to be kind of uh, a, a little bit of a, you know, the offense doesn't score a touchdown for sure. I think I'll give them six points. I'll give them two field goals. I think Philly scores 34. 34-6 is what I see as the final score. All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on Monday. We'll let you know what went right and what went wrong for the Cowboys. Remember, next week on Tuesday and Wednesday, it'll be the bye week, so we're going to flip things around. We've got a whole new lineup for every one of the shows. I did put it on my Twitter page. You can check that out. We'll also give you some more information about that next week. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!